peace of our Lord be with you. Though Pilate had decided to release Jesus, you Israelites rejected him and killed the author of life. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from Acts chapter 3. And every time they roll back around, it is important for us to remember that Peter, on whose lips the book of Acts places those words, which across the centuries have been so often used so harshly against the Jews was himself a Jew, as was Jesus. Which is to say that when we read those harsh, severe-sounding words from today's lesson in the book of Acts, we are reading them as outsiders listening in on a conversation between Jewish people, some of whom have believed that Jesus is the Messiah and some of whom have not, which is true not only in this case, but throughout much of the New Testament. Take, for example, last week's gospel lesson, which said that the risen Lord came to see the disciples who were hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Everyone in that story was a Jew. Those who were hiding, those from whom they were hiding, and the risen Lord too. The truth is, at first, almost everyone in the church was also in Judaism. Everyone in Judaism was not in the church, but everyone in the church was in Judaism because Jesus himself, the one they were following, was a Jew who never converted from Judaism to anything else, but was as much a Jew the day he died, as he was the day he was born. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, I think about all this a lot. About the ties that bind 
Judaism and Christianity. Christianity and Judaism. If we don't understand that, then we really can't understand who we are as Christians. We all know that the bread and cup of our communion table we have borrowed from Judaism's Passover. But it isn't just the Lord's Supper that we have adopted and adapted from Judaism. It's also baptism in water, which is so important to us. A sacred gesture we borrowed from Judaism. Because if you were a Gentile and you wanted to enter into Judaism, you had to be baptized by immersion fully in water. And what about the Holy Spirit, whom we count as one-third of our Trinity? That's the same Spirit of God that hovered over the creation in Genesis. The same Spirit of God that animated that orthopedic hoedown in the book of Ezekiel. Even the resurrection is not a new Christian innovation in God, but rather a hope held first in Judaism. Even our Lord's Prayer, the one we pray 52 weeks a year, carries echoes from a Jewish prayer of praise prayed every Sabbath in the synagogue, beginning with the words, Hallowed be the name of the Father. May the kingdom come on this earth in this life. And most importantly of all, of course, there is Jesus himself who is often spoken of as the one who divides Christianity from Judaism. But I think that once we cross over to the other side, we're going to discover that that was a human construct. And to the contrary, because Jesus was the incarnation of God, we will discover once we get over to the other side that rather than being the one who divided us from Judaism, Jesus was always the one who united us to Judaism small hints and clues of which we find in Matthew chapter 22 and in Luke chapter 10 when inquirers came to Jesus and said, what matters most in Matthew 22? And what is the way to eternal life in Luke 10? 
as you will recall from your own reading of the Gospels, Jesus did not give them a new Christian answer, but rather in both cases Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all that is in you and love your neighbor as yourself. All of which is why I so often say that Northminster is one of the most fortunate churches in the entire world. If for no other reason, because of the fact that before we owned our own building, we actually worshipped in a synagogue. In fact, every now and then, once every few years, I will hear some of you who were here in those days say, I joined the church at the synagogue. And even after all these years, it never fails to stop my breath when I hear that simple sentence. And I also never fail to think to myself, we all did. It came about in the simplest of ways. We were searching for a temporary home. I say we were searching for a temporary home. I was not involved. That year, I was trying to make the baseball team at Joseph B. Riley Elementary School in Macon, Georgia. But I say we because once you ever join Northminster Baptist Church, you have been enrolled in a story. So I say we were searching for a temporary home. So a Northminster member by the name of Leland Speed approached a Beth Israel member by the name of Maurice Joseph to ask if Beth Israel might rent us their old sanctuary. To which Mr. Joseph replied, no, we will not rent our space to you. We will, however, give it to you. And with that, Northminster became the most fortunate church imaginable. In a world filled with churches, every one of which owes their origins and traces their beginnings to a synagogue in Jerusalem we actually got to meet in a synagogue in Jackson. My Lord. That story 
the story of our temporary home at Beth Israel is a story we will never let fall to the ground. A distinctively Northminster story our high school seniors will carry with them when they leave us in a few months. A story little Annabeth Taylor and all of our children will learn and know someplace deeper than their bones. Because it is a story for the ages. Because it is a story about the ages. The story of a Christian church which once upon a time lived for a time in a Jewish home, which is a snapshot of the whole history of Christianity and Judaism. A small sign, the great truth that we are all together, the beloved children of the one true God. The one this morning's passage from the book of Acts calls the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jesus. Amen.